Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I'll be doing my Week 5 News and Recap episode, where I give you all the news, including the Chris Paul and Scott Foster beef, also Greg Popovich scolding the Spurs faithful, also the league office investigating Josh Giddy. Also, Draymond speaks after his suspension. And, of course, Player of the Week. And also, in-season tournament news as well. So, just sit back, relax, guys, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, it's your boy GD back with the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. And... We're going to do our weekly recaps. So now I covered the month so far in the East and the West. So now we'll go into our regularly scheduled program, which will be the weekly recaps. So we'll do it that way. All right. So with that intro said, let's get into it, shall we? So we'll start like we always start with our player of the week. For the East and the West. In the Eastern Conference, it was Paolo Boncaro of the Orlando Magic. His team went 4-0. Guys, the Orlando Magic right now are sitting tied for second with the Milwaukee Bucks at 12-5 at this recording. Guys, they're doing really well, so didn't see this coming. Well, I saw them improving, but I didn't see this. But they're playing well, guys. So, Paulo Boncaro, again, his team went 4-0 for the week. He averaged about 23.5 points per game with 5.5 rebounds, 5 assists, and a block as well. The teams they beat, Toronto, they beat Denver as well. They beat Boston, and they beat Charlotte. Nonetheless, Paulo Boncaro is the player of the week for the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference, it was Devin Booker, who now looks like he's healthy, guys. His team went 4-0 for the week, and they're tied for third in the West with the Denver Nuggets at 11-6. The teams that Phoenix beat for the week, they beat Portland, Golden State, Memphis, and... In a tough game, they beat my Knicks, beat them by two. I was watching that game. And Booker, of course, hit the game-winning shot. That's how that goes. And before I go further, a quick sidebar. Shout-out to Jennifer and Jasmine of the Knicks Omni Fan Group. This is a group that I've been going to their events. And they had one for the season opener. Then a few weeks later, they had one. For Victor Wimbayama's appearance at the Garden. So I was at that game. And some other events as well. So shout out to those ladies. They do a magnificent job with that group. In fact, we have an outing in a couple of weeks. And that's to see the Westchester Knicks. So shout out to Jennifer and Jasmine. The head of the Knicks Omni fan group. Just want to give them their shout out. But back to Devin Booker. So he averaged 30.3 points per game, nearly eight assists, over five rebounds, and a steal and a half. So that is your players of the week, guys. 
Then I want to get to some injury news right quick. Jalen Johnson, promising young player for the Atlanta Hawks, the small forward there. He's going to be out three to four weeks with a wrist injury. He suffered that in his last game. So he's going to be out. This will give more of an opportunity for DeAndre Hunter, who actually relinquished his starting spot to Jalen Johnson because he's been playing so well, guys. He started in 12 of the first 15 games. He's averaging over 14 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, about two and a half assists uh, over a steal and a block per game. He's shooting from the field, guys, over 59%, 42.5% from three, and from the free throw line, nearly 76%. They're going to miss that production, that's for sure. But Atlanta, they have some players who can fill the bill in his absence. Kristaps Porzingis for the Boston Celtics. He's going to be out and actually re-evaluated for a calf strain that he suffered. And they're going to reevaluate him in a week's time. But he's played well for the Celtics. Nearly 19 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, 1.7 blocks. From the field, he's been sensational, guys. Uh, 54.7%. And from the free throw line, he's shooting 80%. Chris Porzingis. Of course, this is the worry you have with him as far as his injuries go. So we'll see what happens in that week's time. Walker Kessler of the Utah Jazz. He's back after missing seven games with a elbow injury. He's back in the fold now. And then LaMelo Ball of the Charlotte Hornets. He was carted off the, the court with an ankle sprain. And this happened in the second quarter of a 130-117 to loss that they suffered to the Orlando Magic. Uh, LaMelo Ball, hopefully it's not serious, although it is the same ankle he had surgery on earlier in the year. So we'll wait for the reports and see what happens there. Now, guys, that's your injury news. Now let's talk some NBA in-season tournament. As of now, the way things stand in the East for Group A in that division, the Indiana Pacers are on top. They went 4-0. Followed by Cleveland with a 2-1 and one record. And they have one game remaining in the tourney. And that's versus Atlanta at home. So they have life. I'll tell you how the wild card shakes out. In Group B, Milwaukee is 3-0. and They have one more game to play. And that's at Miami. Also in that division, the Knicks are 2-1. and one. And they and Miami is two and one as well, and they host the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's Group B, and then Group C, the Orlando Magic are three and one, in pretty good shape, to be honest. Followed by Boston, who has one game left, and that's versus Chicago, and the Brooklyn Nets. They're two and one, as well, and they have. A game left against Toronto. And that's at the Barclays Center. In terms of the wild card, because here's how it shakes out, guys. It's the three division winners and then that wild card team. 
as it stands right now, the Knicks with the best point differential of the f- five teams in contention, they're on top. So basically, for the Knicks, they win, they're in against the Charlotte Hornets. They're, so they're pretty much a shoe-in, depending on them winning and how much they win by. Then they're followed by Miami. I believe the win, the point differential for the Knicks is plus 18, and for Miami is plus 12. So basically, Miami has to, they have to beat Milwaukee when they come to South Beach, which is a tall task, guys. And then followed by Miami is the Brooklyn Nets, followed by the Cleveland Cavaliers, then followed by the Boston Celtics. So as it stands right now, the Knicks looks like they have the best shot here, provided they beat Charlotte, who may be without their star player, LaMelo Ball. Let's keep that in mind. So all signs pointing towards the Knicks' favor so far. So that's the East. In the West, Group A, in that group, the Lakers, they went 4-0, so they're in. And that's followed by Phoenix, who went through. And that's followed by Phoenix, who went 3-1. Then in Group B, you have North. In Group B, you have the New Orleans Pelicans with a 3-1 record. And that's followed by Houston with a 2-1 record. They have one game remaining, and that's at Dallas. And then in Group C, right now, that's up for grabs. Sacramento at 3-0. They have one game remaining. That's against the Golden State Warriors. And they're hosting them. Followed by Minnesota with a 2-1 record. And they host the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then Golden State with a 2-1 record going to Sacramento. So as it stands right now, it looks like it looks like the Lakers and the Pelicans are pretty much a shoe-in. Unless Houston goes crazy with with the points they score, but it seems like Lakers and Pelicans are in. Group C is the one where things can shift around. As it stands for the wild card, Phoenix is on top in terms of that, followed by Houston, and that's followed by Golden State and Minnesota. So, the way things shake out, it looks like Phoenix is pretty much in as the wild card. The only way Golden State gets in is if they beat Sacramento. So that's where things can get tricky. That is your in-season tournament look right now in terms of the teams that's going to Vegas. And in Vegas, there's a quarterfinal, then a semifinal, and then a final. So we'll see what happens in those games. So that is your tournament news, guys. Let's move on to other news. Draymond Green. We can't leave him alone, can we? 
Draymond Green had a press conference, I believe it was yesterday, in regard to him being away from the team and him coming back to the team now. And in that press conference, of course, they asked him about the suspension and does he have any regrets, of which he says he has no regrets when it comes to protecting the teammate. He's always going to venture on the side of protecting the teammate. To which a lot of people say, if you're all about protecting the teammate, what happened with Jordan Poole, but I digress. So he said he didn't have any regrets. And he was pretty much like, there was no real accountability for his actions and what he did. And how he let down the team, and how his absence away from the team happens to coincide with the team struggling. There was no accountability there in that regard. And this is my problem with Draymond. And I said it in my last episode. The fact that the team, when I say the team, I talk about Steve Kerr in that front office there. There's no like accountability for this guy's actions and the stuff he does. He says he knows he's got to handle things better and so on and so forth. But it, you just got a sense that if something else pops off, I don't think he'll be able to stop himself. I just think that. And as I said in the last episode, he has an anger problem that he needs to address. I say all that to say, it seems like, yeah, I don't think he learned much from this suspension. Oh, and the key thing was they can't keep punishing him for things he's done in the past. Traymon, welcome to planet Earth. Why do you think this justice system is the way it is? If you rob a bank, you do your time and you get out, and then you rob a bank again, that's going to count against that person. If you kick a man in the groin, if you stomp a person in the chest, of course, when you put somebody in a headlock, they're going to look at you kicking somebody in the groin, you stomping somebody in the chest before this incident. That's just the way justice is. So this whole idea that they shouldn't look at your past, wake up and smell reality, Draymond. You got to be nuts if you think things should be that way. That's the entitlement I'm talking about, guys. So when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, I don't think he learned a thing from this. And if something pops off, his anger is going to get the best of him. It's just a matter of time. So with that said, that's all I'm going to say with that. But. Draymond, you you got to deal with your issues, man. Anyway, that's that for the Draymond stuff. Hopefully, we could talk about his basketball prowess more than his incidents off the court. Because, make no mistake, Golden State does need him. He's very knowledgeable of the game. So, we can't take that away from him. It's just his antics and his inability to deal with his anger. That's all I'm going to say on that. Now, speaking of the league office, the league office did hand him the suspension. The league office now is investigating OKC's Josh Giddy, according to NBA spokesperson Mike Bass. And this is based off a social media post of Giddy with a girl who's believed to be a high school junior. It was posted on TikTok and on Twitter or X, whatever they're calling it these days. I said this in the last episode. Social media is going to be the 
downfall of society. I mean, you just post stuff and you don't think this stuff comes back to you. It comes back to you. But now both he and his coach, Mark Dagnall, have declined to comment on the situation. I guess they want the investigation to go down and to see what the league office finds. But here's the question to this. What happens if all of this is true and that he is with a underage girl? What happens next? What's the legal ramifications? And let's examine this even further. Josh Giddy is 21 years old. I think he was about 20 at the time of the posting. And I'm not sure what the girl's age was, whether she was 14 or 15. Here it is, this 20-year-old is with this 14, 15-year-old girl. I'm going to tell you, in high school, when I was going to school, there were girls in our class who dated adults, man. These guys were like men who have nine to fives. I mean, these were adults, and they were dating these guys. And, you know, we had the name belts back in those days. They would have the name belt of the guy, whoever it is, what have you. I know I'm showing my age with all that, but that's another story. But this is how things went back then. And no one batted an eye about it. I know we're in a different day and age with everything that goes on now. But I just put that out there. Here is the 20-year-old who's palling around with a 14, 15-year-old girl. People say, oh, why can't he find somebody his age? I don't know how things are done in Australia. Maybe that's the going age where a 20-year-old has a relationship with a 15, 14-year-old. Maybe that's cultural. I don't know. I just put it out there. But we'll see what happens, what the NBA uncovers in that regard. But very interesting case, that's for sure. And I'm curious to see what becomes of it. Because that's my question. If everything is true, what happens next? Do you suspend him? What do you do with him if that's the case? Is the girl from here? Is she from Australia? So that is another story. Now let's get to Greg Popovich in the San Antonio Spurs. Greg Popovich in a game where Kawhi Leonard, now playing with the LA Clippers, they come to San Antonio to play the Spurs. And around the second quarter, I want to say, that this happened. Kawhi is at the free throw line, and booths start raining down on him. And then Greg Popovich walks from his bench, goes to the PA announcer, asks for the mic, and he tells the San Antonio Spurs faithful, the fans there, to stop booing Kawhi. Oh yes, it was with... Three minutes and eight seconds left in the second quarter. And Clippers were up, by the way, 47 to 38 at that time. So Pop, he gets on the mic and says, can we stop the booing and let these guys play? That's low class and that's not who we are. And he goes back to the bench. And actually, the boos were getting louder after he made that announcement. And afterwards, Pop gives his reason for doing so. And here's what he said. You don't poke the bear. In other words, you don't want to rile up 
your opposition, in this case Kawhi Leonard and the L.A. Clippers, and have them to go off. Although Kawhi did have a pretty good game, he scored 26 points, shot 10 of 17 from the field with four assists and two steals, so he had a good game. But here's the thing that I don't think Greg Popovich understands. First of all, I know he's going to defend his players, even his former players. He's going to defend them to the hilt. I get that. But the fans weren't booing the fact that Kawhi plays for another team. They're booing because of the manner in which he left. That's a whole big difference. In the manner in which he left, he had that quad injury in his last season as a spur. That allowed him only to play in nine games, guys. And there was many questioning his injury and him sitting out. And some of those were actually his teammates in the organization itself. So when you look at it that way, I don't think the fans are in the wrong. Because of the way he left. Not the fact that he's... First of all, he got traded. It wasn't like he was a free agent and he just went his own separate way. He was actually traded. So to chide the fans for booing is seems kind of, I guess the word would be out of touch. Greg Popovich is out of touch with how the fans are feeling about Kawhi Leonard and his departure from San Antonio. It just seems a bit out of touch. But I get it. Again, Greg Popovich is a player's coach. He loves his players, whether they be current players now or former players he loves his guys but I think he just was out of sorts in this situation here but I get it too he's thinking about his current team and they were only down nine at that point although Kawhi knocked in the two free throws so it's now a 11 point game so you know they're still within shouting distance but they end up losing the game I just had to bring that to the forefront. Greg Popovich, your heart's in the right place, but I think the fans kind of have a right in this instance to be boisterous about Kawhi. And Kawhi's a big boy. He can handle booing. So I'll leave that there. So that leads us to the last news item, guys. The Chris Paul and Scott Foster beef. Now this game took place... November 22nd, it was at Phoenix, by the way, and this was a game, in fact, where the Golden State Warriors lost to Phoenix, 123-115, to and it was a night where CP3 made his return back to Phoenix, where he played many seasons there, they even gave him a video montage, in a game where KD, he drops 32 points, Devin Booker, he has 25, and of course he goes on to be player of the week. And actually Phoenix nearly squandered a 23-point lead in this game. But the big story is CP3. He gets called for a foul. He's guarding Kevin Durant at the time. And Chris Paul, he goes to Scott Foster, who they have beef, guys. They have beef between them. In fact, according to history... He's only like 3-17 and 17 in games where Scott Foster was the ref and he was the player. So you have that dynamic. So he gets called for a foul on Kevin Durant. 
And Chris Paul's argument is that Kevin Durant kind of flopped. So where's the flop call? And this took place with about 23.2 seconds left in the second quarter. Seemed like everything's happening in the second quarter, guys. But, yeah. So he's going back and forth with Scott Foster. And then I guess Scott Foster at one point had enough of him questioning his call. And he tees him up. From which, Chris Paul, he uses the magic B word. And then bingo, he gets a second technical foul called on him. Thus, he's ejected from the game. And then you have Coach Steve Kerr. He's arguing the ejection to Scott Foster. And boom, he gets a technical foul called on him for arguing on Chris Paul's behalf. So you have all of that going on. And then you have guys like Kendrick Perkins. He asked the question, when is Scott Foster going to be held accountable? In other words, the NBA and the league office knows the history between Chris Paul and Scott Foster. When is there a time where Scott Foster has to be called into question here? And actually, Brian Windhorst, he was on first take. He says this about Scott Foster. He's highly respected. Amongst all referees, he's highly respected. And he will make any call in the game, regardless of the situation, regardless whether it's home or away, he'll make that call. And that's what the league likes about him. To which Stephen A. Smith replied to him, well, he didn't reply to him. He just made a statement that Scott Foster should no longer call games that Chris Paul is playing in. And that speaks to a larger question. Should it be a case where Scott Foster no longer calls Chris Paul games? Very good question. And I could see the argument against it, which will be, oh, but that'll be showing partiality, so we can't do that. But you'd clearly know that these two have beef. He always gets teed up in a Scott Foster game. You see the record that he has in a Scott Foster called game. If you have a history like that, where a player and a referee has this animosity towards one another, why are we even allowing that referee to call his game? That is a legitimate question. Because it, it's come to a point where, and again, I, I've been on the referee since the uh, beginning of the season. I think they haven't done that great of a job overall, especially with this flopping stuff and everything else. It seems like, actually seems like they're calming down with that. But all in all, it has left a lot to be desired, the refereeing. And then something like this happens, then you're bringing it up again. It's not a good look for the league, and they're going to have to address that. So uh, whether they do or not, we'll see what happens. That's the story there. I guess that's it, guys. That's it for this episode. Again, I thank you for listening. Always appreciate it. And guys, coming up is Giving Tuesday. If you feel compelled to give to this podcast, it'll be greatly appreciated, guys. All my cash app information is dollar sign GD that sports dude. And then PayPal is paypal.me slash GD that sports dude. And of course, 
all my buy me a coffee is on the episode and on the site also support me through spotify you can do that as well so a lot of ways to do it guys so if you feel compelled in your heart to give it would be greatly appreciated all right guys so that is it for me the call to action will tell you all the information if you didn't get it when i said it initially once again thanks for listening much appreciated and we'll talk soon guys take care Hello, my peeps. Thank you for listening and supporting the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. You can find us on our website, allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email us at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also, listen and watch us on YouTube, All Things Basketball GD. Hit the like button when you see our videos. Also, write a blurb about our show. You can listen to us on all podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Leave a review for us at Apple. On the website, you can support us by hitting the Buy Me a Coffee button, support on Anchor button, or donate on PayPal. You can also support us by our cash app, GD That Sports Dude. Once again, I thank you for listening and supporting the show, and do take care.